0: Oh, settling. This has been a long time since I've, since I've done any of this. Since podcasting, well, it has. It's been forever because you're one of the part-time podcasters. Well, <laughs> yeah, part-time podcaster, but it's it's not how I want to be because. No. But, and said for the reasons are, I kind of stopped, mm. cancelled guests, yeah, last minute things, which is like, well, now what do you do? Yeah, just yeah. listen to me talk about. Fuck all <laughs> for, for an hour, shall we? Um, and then see, it was cancelled guests. Then my official sort of studio was being sold. So that put me on a bit of a downer. Yeah. Then all the COVID thing ramped up and I got ill again. And I had to take time off work.
1: At one point you just start think. I'm just cursed now. It <laughs> just doesn't want to happen. I just
0: couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Honestly. And I, I I was I went on a bit of a downward spiral, like I said, buying shit which felt like yeah. couldn't afford when uh yeah, you know, the uncertainty of income was rife. Yeah. So I felt like shit, didn't want to do anything,
1: didn't want to be on social media as well. That's that's the big thing. That oh mate, social media is such a it's it's a motivation killer. Yeah. It really does. It saps you of everything. I'm the worst for it. I'll sit on social media and all of a sudden, oh, an hour's gone by.
0: Yeah. That's that. That's too easily done. Yeah. Anyway, right. let's well, just proper kick this off. <laughs> um, so Tom Brooks, welcome to fear the podcast. Um, I'm saying this is the first time we've sat, that we've managed to sit down and have a conversation. Really of a social aspect. We know each other through jujitsu, but that's about it. But that's about it. <laughs> Realistically. Um, you know, with we, whatever's gone on in the world lately, socialising hasn't been a big thing on everyone's mind. And no, mate, literally. Families and all that other shit. So, I barely socialise
1: with the family. <laughs> like, like, like friends, <laughs> friends and jiu jitsu colleagues. So, um,
0: <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself. I don't even think I know how old you are. Like,
1: where did where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? All these things. Uh, I'm really boring, quite frankly. I'm I'm, I'm only twenty three, but um, I. I went. I grew up in Stroud. I still live in Stroud. Like I'm fairly uneventful life up until like maybe the last sort of six years. Yeah. Uh, I went to Stroud Academy School. Uh, hated school. Yeah. Hated school. But I did find one passion whilst I was there, and uh, I was in my f- school's first ever rugby fixture, and it was the first time that I started playing rugby, and I scored the first ever tribe for Stroud Academy, and. I was like, yeah, I could be quite good at this. So I'm still like, I'm still quite passionate about rugby. And yeah, I do a lot of that now still, but in school academically, oh, I was terrible. <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate it. I, I failed maths three times. So like, I'm not good at it.
0: So <laughs> what, what is it about school that you didn't, you just don't like to be like the sit down educated thing? Or?
1: It's so I like to learn, but there's only a specific way that I learn, and that's by me doing things. Yeah, uh, paperwork. I hate uh my dyslexia. I have dyslexic tendencies anyway. And uh they like sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper in front of me, I'm like, uh, words are everywhere what? <laughs> Who who said what <laughs> like into the phantom zone and I'm like gone. Yeah. Like uh maths again, numbers were all over the place for me. Like I uh, just it was one of those things that I just did not could not engage my brain like yeah. in literature or anything like that. I was quite good, at, I'm quite well spoken for my age, like I don't, um, but when it comes to writing things, it's just like, yeah, hard work, man. it's
0: hard work. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand it. Like, school, the school setting definitely isn't for everybody. No. It's one of the things Like I said, I think I noticed in, in our school, um, the kids who were less academic were yeah. able to choose more hands-on things. I had like carpentry and mechanics and things yeah. like that, uh, those weren't even options for me because I could do the academic stuff. Yeah, I probably might have liked to do some mechanics. Like my, <laughs> my dad grew up around motorbikes, as did my granddad, so therefore I have. So we've all tinkered and played. And if I'd have learned mechanics at school, it would have actually probably, probably been be really, good. really helpful. Yeah, it was never an option to me. So
1: that's see Like in the, in the modern like schools now, it's all very much like. You've got your yeah, physical education and then you've got English, maths and science, geography, all things like that. But you don't get much like, you get design and technology, which is now what they would class as like woodshop or yeah. woodwork or carpentry and stuff. But you don't really get to work with much of it for long. Unless you pick it as a subject throughout your GCSEs, you don't really get to focus do much on of it. it yeah. And it's like, even in like those lower years where you're still learning what you want to do like there's still not that much option you don't get to learn too much it's very it's not no metal works now a lot of schools don't even use metal works a lot now i don't right. think it's it makes it hard for you to understand like especially if you've got like a family that are like tradesmen like yeah. my dad's a painter and decorator so even art i'm terrible like but painting I can paint a wall like easy because i've watched my dad do it and i've tried it and it's but even in schools, they don't teach you basic life skills now. It's, it's no. one of those things.
0: There's one one of the big things I think a lot of people talk about is trying to get kids educated to a life skills standard and trying to move, a, not away from, but to include a lot of life skills in general education because, I don't know, you can see it out on the street. Like kids don't seem to understand about crossing roads or yeah. checking for road safety, um, as you see... See uh, a couple of kids on scooters. You need to plow into a car the other day yeah. on the electric scooter thing oh, because yes. they went out of a junction into a main road without even thinking to stop. It's like that. Surely that life uh, should have been taught at
1: home. But yeah, that life skill kind of needs learning. You know, it, this thing like this. Everyone says it's like the school the school system's quite outdated. So it's it doesn't prepare you for what real life is now. Like there's always the joke of ah. Oh, your teachers turn around, and say, you're never going to always have a calculator handy. Everyone's walking around with one in their pocket now, yep. staring at it all day. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yes. Like, yes, I've got one. Don't yeah. use it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never needed it. And yeah. like, I don't need to know how many watermelons Jeffrey's got, <laughs> or how many he can give to Eunice. Yeah,
0: yeah. How how, how many watermelons have you divided between your fourth friends this week? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't buy any bloody watermelons. <laughs> sort themselves out. Cheeky buggers.
1: Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, some of the maths questions are weird. Yeah, yeah, well, we're obviously dealing with it now.
0: My, my daughter's about to go into secondary school this year, so it's all oh nice all uh, kick off. <laughs> oh all, no. All, go, all about to get crazy in this house. Oh. There's going to be some uh, tempers,
1: uh, oh some, yes, some tantrums thrown. I reckon. So, are you from uh, a big family? Uh relatively big. So my dad's side. Um, I think he, like, my dad's side's not overly big. Um, but my mum's side, I've got uh, about four or five aunties and uncles. Yeah. So I'm like, they, a lot of them had kids. Some of them haven't. Um, but yeah, like, I'm not really a big family person. Like, it's, they haven't come, like, my family as it is now is, um, it's me, my sister, my dad, um, and my mum. Uh, and I still look out for my nan. My nan's struggling a bit at the minute. She's having like a lot of medical issues and stuff. Um, keeps falling over because she can't keep her balance. But it, it's expected at the age that she is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I always look out for them. If I see my aunts and uncles about, I'll say hi. We go around to my aunts on Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve? New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, and spend the time with her. And the rest of the family congregate there, and it's like a uh, like attack of the clones or something. They'll they just keep coming, and I'm like, "There's more of us. I swear there is."
0: <laughs> you say our, our some of our biggest Christmas dinners are at uh, sort of 27 people, I think. But but it's 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 not like that. Like,
1: not
0: uh, yeah, not quite that big. anymore. <laughs> a lot of the uh, extended family have kind of gone off their own ways and yeah, have grown up and all got our own kids. And you know, there's there's millions of us hails and extensions (laughs) running around now. Um, Lines. (laughs) Yeah, probably hundreds of us. Um, So you said you've not had uh, very exciting or not much happen in your life, not very eventful until the past like six years. So what happened six years ago?
1: So uh, six years ago I got my first job uh, working where I am now. Like uh, I left and i gone back last year
0: <laughs> been there Fracking. done that i'm currently Fracking. currently returned back to where i used to
1: work <laughs> but yeah i started working for haven uh, as a lifeguard um my first ever job very strange being given that the fact that i was like 16 17 at the time and i was learning how to save people's lives i was like a bit daunted by it yeah. but now it just sort of I wouldn't like to say it comes second nature to me, how to lifeguard, but I've been doing it for like on and off about six years now. And yeah. It's like, it's one of them where I'm like, oh, such a, I, I just, I've passed that point now of like, I really want to keep doing this. Like when I first started doing it, it's fun. I enjoyed the banter that came with it. From yeah. camaraderie that comes with, um, like lifeguard skills. Uh, but yeah, but um, after that, uh, after Haven, my contract ended because it's only seasonal work. Yeah. As, as you know, you've you've obviously done seasonal work. Indeed. Um, uh, so I then started working for Nuffield Health in Medway. And just, that was easy for me because it was literally a 15-minute walk from my house. Such an easy thing. But waking up at like four o'clock in the morning to get her for a half five start is one of them where you're like, Oh, <laughs> I am dead. Yeah.
0: It takes some getting used <laughs> to it. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was there for a little while. Um, and then probably tomorrow to take a more dramatic turn of events. Uh, February 20th of 2017, uh, my brother passed away in his sleep. Okay. Uh, first of what would be a series of events that was quite traumatic for me. Um, at the time, me and my brother used to share a room. Um and we were playing, uh, I was sat up uh, watching WWE, actually. Right, okay. I was watching TV downstairs. I woke upstairs, guy in our room. Uh, I opened the door. As soon as I opened the door. I used to have the TV on in our room. Me and my brother always did, because we had to fall asleep with some background noise. Yeah. And uh, we had a DVD and can't remember what it was. But uh, the DVD had, like was on the menu and it was playing that fucking same repetitive fucking tune. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just press play and fucking fall asleep. Uh, that was about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, but as I walked into the room, my brother sat up and went, all right. I went, yeah, go on. I'm just putting the TV on. Uh, go back to sleep. And he laid back down on his side, went back to sleep. I then clambered across into my bed. Um sit on my phone until like half four in the morning like like I said social media time flies yeah. by is one of those uh, and I just sort of uh, put my phone down fall asleep I oh, thought and uh, six o'clock my brother's alarm goes off he used to be a technician at Hollywood Bowl in Strood he just recently got the job like a couple of months prior I believe like four or five months prior I think and um, he, his alarm went off. It's obviously woke me up because he's not answering it. Woken up, leaned over, shoved him and gone, David, wake up. Uh, at which point I then noticed that he's face down in his pillow. Right. Uh, yeah, he's face down in his pillow. Um, I call my mum into the room. She comes bolting in and I'll say, I can't wake him up. She tries shaking him, waking him, and it's a noise that I'll never forget. It's one of those that I hear it in a quiet room. I'll hear it still ticking over my head, and my mum screams in the most, like, blood-curdling way, he's dead, and I'm like... Instantly, I was like, no time for panic. Right, instantly flipped him over, started CPR, got my mum and dad to phone the police, Uh, not the police, the ambulance. Um... Yeah, I, uh, I started CPR. My lifeguard trainer just kicked in. I was yeah. just like, right, st- start CPR. Um, About 20, 25 minutes later, I think it was, maybe half an hour later, the ambulance crew turned up. Uh, They gave him three shocks, and they said, no, nah, sorry. It's, yeah. uh, it's gone. And they estimated that the time that he died was he'd been dead for at least an hour. Right, oh, okay. Because uh, rigor more sort started to set in. He'd gone <laughs> blue from the lack of oxygen and whatnot. Um, so it always, it always kind of grates on me that in that hour and a half that I'd fallen asleep to the like point of his alarm going off and me falling asleep, yeah. that hour and a half he'd passed away. And I was like, it's always one of those things. That I'm like, if I'd just stayed up a little bit longer, one of those big regrets that I've got. So it's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I can understand
0: why. It's, it's one of the things you, you never, ever could have no. predicted. Is, you know, you he, know, he, even to be awake, if he, yes. like you say, just dipped off in his sleep. He, uh,
1: he, he used to, so what it used to be is he used to suffer from seizures right. every now and then. So all we can suspect is that he'd um, he'd had a seizure during the like, night. Usually his seizures will wake me up because right. I can hear him seizing and I'll wake up. Call call my parents into the room. They'll deal with it while I go downstairs and try and get some more kip on the sofa. Usually that's how it used to go, but obviously this time I didn't wake up because I was dead beat. It's half four in the morning. I was dead, like I was dead to the world. No pun intended. Yeah. I can't can't help but make a joke of it every now and then. But um, yeah. He uh he obviously had a seizure and then landed face down in his pillow. Yeah. And uh, that's all I can imagine is what happened um and then yeah i had to give the police report and stuff like about what happened because obviously it's murder and uh, not murder it's like death in a household yeah. they have to come and do the basic stuff they have to take reports and stuff um yeah, that's, that sort of started my spiral into my drinking. Because up until that point, I'd only just recently started drinking. I didn't start drinking until I was about a, just over 18. Yeah. I hadn't drunk a single thing. Like, you know how you usually sneak out and have a cheeky one with your mates like every now and then, like yeah. and sitting in a park drinking special brew or something, yeah. <laughs> like some hobo. Yeah. You, you do that. I, I never did that. I was like, And at that point, I just started to drink. Like, not heavily, but... Uh, after that, um, after his funeral, I just started drinking more and more. Uh, started going to Tapentin a lot. Made a lot of my friends that I have now from Tapentin. Yeah. Um, my friend Russell, he knew my brother. They went to school together. Uh, we uh, we still get along like house on fire. And we met in Tapentin. Um, the day of my brother's funeral, I went. I went to my brother's funeral. I went. I need to go out tonight. I need to clear my head. I need to get fucking smashed yeah and I uh, got absolutely smashed with uh a few of my friends that have come to the funeral and that um but yeah i just started spiraling and spiraling downwards uh leads on to another traumatic event in fact. <laughs> <laughs> so i started to um i started to see this girl who used to work at tappington i'm not going to say her name because I say yeah um but um she she me and her we got together we were like quite close she used she had a kid now i've never wanted kids i've never ever wanted kids but i thought well, i've fallen head over heels for this girl i'm gonna make time for the kid as well and i started like started really like falling in love with this kid like the same way as i was starting to fall in love with her um but then i realized that I was kind of being manipulated a lot. I was like um, manipulated into missing out on work right. because her mental health was bad. And at this point, my mental health was getting worse and worse. And it, I ended things over a, a text because I'd tried breaking up with her face-to-face and her reaction to that was no. She literally point-blank just stared at me and went, no, and I was like, okay, I don't think that's how this works. Yeah. But But then, yeah, we then stayed together for another couple of months. Got engaged. That was me. So that's funny. So so I proposed to her to end an argument. And that is not the way to uh, end an argument. (laughs) That That was fully because... So I'd caught her messaging some other guy, sending him pictures and stuff. I confronted her about it. I gave her the benefit of doubt left it I then started messaging somebody else that I worked with at the time that got a bit too far she found out same thing Uh, but she was not letting it go kept going on about it and I eventually just went right you know what will you marry me and that was how I ended the argument (laughs) smart (laughs) don't do that kids (laughs) Um, but yeah that ended the argument for now. <laughs> uh, but then I just realised sort of a couple of months later I was at an all-time low. I couldn't function. I broke down at work and to a couple of the people that were in the office and they literally said, you need to cut this off. It's Look at what it's doing to you. And uh, yeah, that was the day I cut it off. Um, she then tried to so she then tried to overdose at right. um, uh, the same time, uh, like that day, which made me feel fucking dreadful. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> went round to her place because I had the spare key. She was up to the hospital at this point and I thought this is probably what's best. She's not here. I can just gather my things and go and just distance myself and see if I can message, like, stay, but there was no staying civil. That was in August of 2009, was it 19? Yes, 2019, I was in that relationship, I think. Oh, God, the years just blended to one at this point. Yeah, like yeah. Like I said, the last, the last six years, the only <clears throat> thing. So it all just blends together. But, um, yeah, that was in the August. Uh, I was out. October uh October 28th I think it was and uh I was out just having a few drinks on my own down at Poco Loco and uh my mum phones me and she's going um where are you and I went um I'm at Poco Loco and she went well the police are here I'm like right and they hand the phone I was like hi Thomas um just wondering where uh uh whereabouts you are and i said i'm in poco loco down in chatham high street and he went uh, oh, are you going to be there for the next sort of 20 minutes 20 30 minutes i went yeah yeah that's uh i'll be here and um so i was sat outside waiting having another drink obviously thinking what the fuck's this all about they pull up 45 minutes later <laughs> Always yeah. punch yeah, up. as always. <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> uh, I just finished my drink, luckily. Um, they say, Oh, can we just have a world view of the back of the car? I'm like, Yeah, sure. Uh, sit in the back of the car. And they go, uh, Right, so from now you're under arrest on suspicion of rape. Right. And I'm like, Okay. They take me in. I get processed through. Uh, yeah, just get processed through that, spent a night in the cells. First time for everything, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they interview me the next morning. Um, Tell me that she's accused me of uh, an incident that happened back in May. Right. Um. Apparently. And um, I then sort of said, well, if this incident occurred back in May, you'll see that in the timeline of even going through our social media, it shows that we got engaged in June or July. And they're like, yeah, we've had to seize your phone um, and all this and take it as evidence and whatnot. Um, And they put me out on bail for a month, Uh, came to the end of the month where I had to go back in to renew my bail. And they phoned me up the day before and they go, "Um, oh, we don't need you to come back in. Uh, we're letting you off bail but uh, you are still under investigation and uh, we can call you in at any time and if you don't if you fail to appear at a certain time obviously we'll get a warrant for arrest and stuff like that so that was in like uh, yeah November 27th I got that phone call June of next year the 15th I get a phone I get a phone call um yeah again from Kent Police they say um hi Thomas we're just letting you know that we uh we're not proceeding with the investigation any longer but if any new evidence does come to light then uh the case may be reopened but for now that you can come and collect your phone and whatnot and I'm like okay cool and at that point I was like this massive wash of like absolute relief Relief, like Cause in those months of like, I'm sitting in limbo. I can't, I can't do anything. Cause I'm like, if I move job, like, would it look bad? Like, what, what can I do? And it's, it's one of those where you're like stuck, yeah. can't move. Yeah.
0: So you think she, she do that out of, like out of spite for
1: you leaving her. Yeah. Just uh, pure, pure, um, just. I don't even know how to explain. Just rage and pure anger. I think. Yeah. Pettiness to an extent, but uh, yeah, that's all I can really think about. Is that's what caused it. But um, yeah.
0: So uh, when we yeah, jump jump back a little bit then to the, when you started drinking after the death of your your brother, yeah. Um, how did you find like did the alcohol help in any way or what was it that the alcohol was doing for you that you keep going back to uh,
1: it's that numbing feeling yeah it's that feeling of well so long as i'm drinking nothing can hurt me if you know what it's like it's when you've had enough to drink you start feeling less pain yeah and i've started to realize that if i drank so much i'd start feeling less emotional pain because i was losing complete control of my sense yeah so i was like but then I started to realize I didn't like that person that I was when I was drinking, but I'd got myself into this cycle that I needed it to continue going through. Um, like I said, when I entered into that relationship, I was on—I was able to crush like a full like twenty crate every day right. if I if I wanted to, and if I could, if it was about, I was drinking it. Yeah, um, and that's how bad my drinking got. So yeah, it's that numbing feeling of not having to deal with the world yeah. like everything melts away when you're pissed out your nut passed out on the fucking floor <laughs> like throwing it up into the bathroom the next day and then going out and doing it again
0: yeah <laughs> have you ever found any other sort of coping methods for, for dealing with you know, the pain of your brother and stuff
1: uh, I, that was when I started smoking as well yeah. started smoking that I had I, I quit that last year and then stress came about again and it cropped back up so I'm still doing that now but uh, on the right track to start quitting that at some point in the near future but uh, smoking is just it. it, my mates used to smoke all the time and I just went one day I went when we were out I went give me a fag and they went you sure like those like proper like don't if we're not pressuring you just want to make sure I'm like ah just give me one I was half cut and I was just. Yeah. Like, I I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. So I literally went, <sighs> blew it straight back out again. Not how you smoke a cigarette. And he's looking at me like, that's not how you do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but uh, practice makes perfect, I guess. And that was what happened. I just kept smoking more and more. Uh, yeah, like that was a coping mechanism for me. But um, I found recently, like, my biggest coping mechanism is my jiu-jitsu it's like it's why i came back after all of this stress and all this i needed to get back to something that i i knew was good for me yeah because when i was doing it when i was younger i like i was i started doing um i always wanted to be a pro wrestler at one point i had like through my years i wanted to be a pro wrestler watching wwe i was like oh, i want to do that yeah. And uh, that's how I got started. I, was, I started doing a pro wrestling class um, when I was about 12. And uh, it started evolving into like, okay, cool, this is cool. And then uh, we started doing this like shoot fights. right? right? And it was like uh submission fighting, And I was like, okay. And now I started getting pretty good at it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing okay. And then I started branching more into that. And at which point I moved towards like a wrestling background. And started wrestling a bit more. And uh, then moved to jiu-jitsu after that. And uh, kept that. Up, I kept up all of that up until I was about 17, 18. And I stopped. Stopped that. Um, and only recently went back. What was it? Two, two, tail end of 2020, Yeah, I think it was. I went back. Uh, obviously, with Coach Ben, you know... Yeah, the, no. our mutual. This is where our mutual <laughs> commonality is, if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, is it, what is it you find about like the the jujitsu? Is it routine? Is it like the mental, or like, well, the mental battle and struggle that it is? Is
1: it the fitness aspect that sort of shuts everything else out? It's that escape. Knowing that when I come in there, I'm, I'm, when I step through those doors, I know that I'm not being judged. Yeah. I'm not I don't have somebody over my shoulder telling me that I'm no good at something. I don't have all these negative thoughts. Yes, I sometimes come into the jujitsu with a bad mood or like I've I feel down. But every time when I leave I always feel better. Yeah. Like because my I feel myself like loosen up. I can feel my muscles like just all that tension slowly washing away. And it's it's so interesting watching it like watching my transformation because I'll sometimes catch myself in the mirror and I'll be like, I wasn't smiling when I came in. I can see myself starting to smile now. Yeah. And it was, that's one of the biggest things is I catch myself looking in my reflection every now and then and I'll catch myself and I'm like, okay, this is good for me. This is really good. Yeah. Uh, rugby has also done that for me as well. Like it's, it, <clears throat> rugby is one of those where I think the jujitsu helps in the, I uh, I can, yeah, I can hurt, like not hurt, but like train in an environment and be safe and stuff. And uh, in a way, you get my aggression out. But rugby is one of those where I have to be aggressive and I can get all that anger and yep. frustration throughout the week and just absolutely leather somebody. And look, that's always a good feeling for me. But jiu-jitsu, I always say that rugby is the thing that helped me find my aggression, but jiu-jitsu is what helped me control, control. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah no i'm with you on that uh my when i was uh, i don't know maybe 13 14 i started playing rugby um and i found a lot of relief in rugby um from tackling people yeah you know i was i was struggling at school and i had a lot of self-doubt a lot of anger a lot of sort of misery at school but it, majority of people in the rugby field pitch whatever rugby yeah. club weren't people I knew at school and they were a separate group of people to all the kids I had issues with or whatever yeah um so yeah at the weekends I got to crash into people yeah. and that was that. those little bits of aggression that got uh let out um the stupid thing was I was still so tiny and I've probably said this before but so tiny, I played for the team that was two years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> and that they had, we had a guy on our team who had like full mustache and everything at 14 <laughs> years old. All the coaches and the ref would be like, He's he's too old. That kid is definitely not like 14. I'm sitting there like, I'm 16. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no one dares question me because I'm so bloody tiny. <laughs> but I, I think I ended up getting to a point where I was crashing into so many people and, and doing well at it. I got put into like a fullback position oh. and I absolutely oh, loved I love it, it because I got to look at people mm. who were running and they could look at me and see me coming towards them think look at this tiny little pathetic man and I can see it in their eyes when I'm running towards I've them I've got to but break you <laughs> I just smash into these people and you know, they'd, they'd and, fall
1: over and you're like
0: yeah. Yes, <laughs> push them into the crowd, and yeah. I had an absolute blast doing that. But it let's say got those little bits of aggression out that yeah. was probably really, really good for me at the time. Yeah, um, well, I stopped playing when I was 16. <laughs> I do have uh, an award upstairs, I think, for under 15 most improved player. And I, was, <laughs> I was 16 years old, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, rugby does that for you, it's a team thing. Mm. I found a lot since i don't do very well in team sports i'm uh, much more of a solo person like with the skating yeah bmx mountain oh, biking yeah. snowboarding all those solo things where you don't get to disappoint anybody else but yourself yeah um and it's kind of like the same now in jujitsu i've always been since about nine years old involved in some sort of martial art yeah uh, jujitsu for me it's become my solo kind of hobby since 2018, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> October <laughs> that, 2018. The deep in the brain box. Yeah. <laughs> well, i I say the last
0: few years have all rolled into one with with whatever's gone on. Yeah. We lost a whole year <laughs> in the middle of everything. But, <laughs> but yeah, 2018, I turned jiu-jitsu again. And it is, you go in that room, the egos most of the time are not there. Yeah. Everyone's on sort of, not a level playing field, but everyone's there for the same reason. Yeah. We All everyone to, to learn. Yeah, to learn, to yeah. improve their skills, their fitness, their strength. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've built you know, a pretty good team full of very, very unusual individuals. and
1: People you wouldn't, <coughs> very unassuming, aren't we? <laughs> you look at some of us and you think,
0: wouldn't do much. And then, We're <laughs> misfits. Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> I think generally, is just full of misfits. Yeah. People who want that controlled violence, but... You know, also the, the technical aspect of it. There's so much to learn. You can you can suck all day long and get beaten up all day long. But you you, keep still, com- you still keep coming back. Keep coming back for more. Um, and, and it's great. Um, so are you finding then sort of setting yourself a goal with jujitsu is helping to make you want to get rid of these vices of the smoking and the alcohol, or is it something else that kicked it off?
1: So the thing that made me stop drinking – was uh she's gonna hang me for mentioning but uh my my new girlfriend she's um she's a nurse mm-hmm. and she deals with like people on detoxes and stuff and people that have completely fucked their livers up and stuff this was the main reason why i stopped drinking cause she was getting worried because it got to the point like last year where i was again um i was in a, work it was i was in a job yet again i didn't want to do or i started slipping back into that and I, I tallied it up. And on an average week, I was consuming about 60, 70 points a week. Yeah. And I was like, this is bad. Yeah, it's a lot. I need it. And uh, she was just like, I'm really worried about you. Like, you need to slow down. And I'm like... And I just was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I see, I see what you mean. And Jiu-Jitsu was like my filler for that. It was like a case of... Well, that's like... I missed out on two comps, um, missed out on Brighton, and I I had to miss out on grappling industries this year as well because I haven't been able to train. And I was like, okay, like that's it, no more. I'm not pulling myself from anything else now. If I'm signed up for something, I'm going for it. Yeah. I need to focus, and this has become my key focus now is being able to train. Like training is what's keeping me grounded. It's what's making me want to stay off the drink. Um, so she was the initial kickstart and she's made me like and she still is a really big part of me staying off the drink like and but training is really just that thing that's gone stop yeah no more uh, I've taken I I stopped I stopped drinking I went out on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day so one two in the morning I stopped drinking so I technically count as New Year's Day I stopped yeah. drinking so up until then, I stopped drinking. I went cold turkey. Just went no, no more drinking. And don't get me wrong; that every day I'm tempted just to go. I want a beer, but I found that like the low percent out al- like the zero percent alcohol, not even that they're zero percent, zero point zero five percent alcohol in them. Um, they're a good substitute. And people are like, oh, I don't know, how you can drink that stuff. I'm like, just tastes like beer. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. I didn't. I didn't drink. Uh, in Those later stages, I didn't drink alcohol because it helped me forget anything, it was just a case of I quite like the taste, yeah. And I, I've, I've always been a beer drinker, so I, it's a case of I can knock them back quite easily. Um, but now I'm just gonna, I've got to this point now, and I'm like, I'm gonna continue through and only drink when it's special occasion, yeah, and it, and it won't be a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better for it because I'm training more. I'm not missing out on things because um, my head hurts, I've drank too much, uh I feel like a fucking shell of myself. Yeah. And it's it's one of those I'm I'm feeling a lot better.
0: Good. They say that both physically and mentally. Yeah. Just not, not having it. Yeah. But does it do you find like drinking that amount during the week like made you aggressive at all or like extra down rather than
1: helping? In those later stages, like, last year, I've discovered that it was, like, it's sort of... So I started my job back at Haven last year as a lifeguard, again, feeling yet again like I've taken a back step. Because, obviously, in that time, I'd done security work. I'd done some, like, grounds maintenance work. I'd done all different bits. And uh, I did... Uh, I've gone back to lifeguard, and I'm like, oh, I feel like a fucking failure again. And it that was sort of the trigger where I started that downward spiral right. again. And I started drinking again and um yeah it was just like at that stage of august where i got pulled from uh brighton uh yeah brighton i got pulled from i pulled myself from um sorry uh i uh i realized that this is not this is not right i'm sacrificing my training because of this yeah like i'm i'd I could feel myself at work as well. Like if I didn't have a beer or something, I was getting really like quite snappy with people and people had noticed. Yeah. And in a customer faced environment, you can't have that. Um But yeah, it was I started getting snappy. I I started having really low days. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I just you just checking it's still going. <laughs> yeah. Still all there. We've got a red blinking light over there and we've got a waveform over there. We're all yeah. we're all good. Um, although i made that cardinal sin of not plugging the laptop in which is uh <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> everything's everything's back recording that's on the go that's on the go
1: everything's back here. With part 2 <laughs> uh,
0: and we're back in the room <laughs> <laughs> so where do, where do we leave that is we're so talking about um jiu isn't it yeah. um and how that's Sort of helping you get grounded, and you've seen about how much you're drinking. Mm. Um, so yeah, so you, your new girlfriend has been like, "Look, I need you to stop this. I need you to cut it out. I'm worried about you." Yeah. Like, cool. I could do that. I'm focus on my jiu jitsu. Mm. Have you? You say you say you've, you, you've obviously felt the difference with your jiu jitsu. Is it like a mental clarity thing? Is it fitness?
1: I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. Like, right now, like. I, when I was drinking so much, I was like, sometimes I, I just would not pick things up. I'd feel sluggish. Like, I'd, I'd get annoyed at myself as well. I'm like, I know this. I've yeah. done all of this before. I know how to do it. But uh, my body was just like, nah, not, yeah. doing that. not having that, mate. Nah, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> and I'm like, like, but now I feel like I'm moving a bit sharper. I'm, I'm a bit quicker. I'm yeah. lighter on my feet. I'm a bit more like, my fitness is tell you what my fitness lately is just it's tenfold above what it was. Yeah. Like you know what it was like when you rolled with me. Like we'd we'd roll and I like you you'd get top position. i am like end my suffering please I'm dead. Yeah.
0: No, it's good it's good to have a, a reason sort of to to have, or something to hold on to that can you know pull yeah. you away from that. It's great, and you're doing so well with it at the minute. Like said, having not drank since New Year. I know, you know, see some people really, really fucking struggle with it. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it, I think having that thing like Jiu-Jitsu is a place to go where you are sort of held accountable for yourself and, you know, in another sense that you – and you can notice the difference as well. It's got to feel a lot easier to continue to not drink. So like, actually, yeah. this improvement is so much more beneficial than the 20 pints.
1: Yeah. Like that, it's productive alternative. That's really what it was. And I was like, and just the fact that I can see my improvement through my jujitsu is just, it's such a, like, it's such a motivator for me. I'm like, okay. And I know it's going to get to a point where, uh, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to happen around the three, four month mark where, all uh, right, I feel like I'll start to feel like I'm a bit sluggish again. Where I'm like, okay, so that initial buzz of like having cut the alcohol out has sort of died off. Now I'm starting to slow down a bit, but that's the point where I'll where I'll have that mental challenge where I'll go, but you don't need to drink still. Yeah. You still if you go back to it, you'll know you will get worse. Yeah. And that's where I'm gonna have to push through that mental block and go, no, I stick with it. I keep doing what I'm doing.
0: Have you ever? this is something i've been talking a bit about recently but have you ever spoken to like a professional about what happened with your brother and how you felt about your should have stayed awake longer
1: uh so when i worked at nuffield health they had a thing called occupational health because they're in partnership with the hospitals and they like obviously privatized hospital and stuff and they had occupational health which they had licensed therapists that you could call and they would try and help you out, but try and talk over a phone can't convey what you're talking about. But yeah. like, but i yet again. I I've always been one of these. I'll do it myself. Yeah. I I don't need help. Like, even though full well I know I do, but like, it's a case of I'm not gonna sit there in a room with somebody and talk openly about something. It's it's just not something I'm. I can't bring myself to do that. I'm just like I can. Talk freely about it. Yeah. You, like like I said, like as uh, like we only know each other through jujitsu but I'm still quite openly talking about it now. But it's when they start going, So why do you feel that way? Why why yeah. do you think this is causing that? And I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm paying you. Just yeah. Tell me. <laughs> like, please, just tell me why you think I'm feeling this yeah. way. And um, but yeah, but I it's always gonna be that case for me, is um like I need to get past that mental block of myself. I am my own worst enemy. Yeah. My head just doesn't want to accept help and it took me a like it took me a good like since it's happened this is the first time that I can actually feel positive. Yeah. Like this is the first time i feel truly positive. I have good things going on. I have my jiu-jitsu. I'm enjoying work now. I have a more like regimented work so I work 8 till 5 Monday to Friday that's such a good like I get paid every two weeks I know when my money's coming in I know how much is there I know what I can do I have a girlfriend that's like really supportive she every time like I say I'm going to jujitsu, she's never oh why are you going to that I wanted to stay up and chat she's like right, cool I'll see you I'll talk to you when you get back Yeah, she's she's not one that's gonna say I want to spend some more time together She's one for, I support everything you're doing. When I go and play rugby games, she's always good luck and hope yeah. you have a good time. Even like she works, like I said, she's a nurse and she works and she wakes up at like four in the morning, like has a shower and everything gets ready, goes to work to start half seven in the morning till half seven at night. And every, like every time she'll send me a message in the morning, like on a Saturday when she's working, she'll send it at like six o'clock in the morning. She'll go, hope you have a good day. i Hope rugby goes well, or I hope jujitsu goes well. Whatever yeah. I'm doing that day, and she's like, she's just those little things that I've never really had before. Where I'm like, somebody's actually being supportive of me. Yeah, something I've never really had from past relationships. Like they've always been a bit like, oh no, I want to spend more time with you. Why do you have to train so much? I'm like, because it's good for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. good for my brain. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, <laughs> you know, having having someone at home that can support. Your goals or your ambitions is, I think, extremely important and extremely like helpful. And like you say, with bad relationships, that whole like you said, manipulating to like, oh, but Kenya, and yeah. oh, but oh, and I, but I need this, and yeah. you know, the I for me, like, so <laughs> martial arts for me has been a part of my life for a long time. Being yeah. when it, as a kid, we'd come through into MMA, into kickboxing, into now jiu jitsu, yeah. I've mostly with breaks in between for the past nearly 30 years been doing some sort of martial art and when there's a break in it i do you know get down yeah so i need to be doing something because what else to do yeah so it's like again when when the world went upside down you couldn't go train now what the fuck you you feel
1: you feel just trapped then you just like yeah it's, it's that it's that some days there's there's not enough hours in the day. And there's some days that there's too many. And during that period of lockdown, there were too many hours in the day. Yeah, like you're sitting there in your own thoughts. You can't go out. You can't do anything. You can't go see family. You can't go see friends. You're sitting there with your thoughts all day. And you know, you probably know best as anyone. Sitting at home with your thoughts all day, it's dangerous. Yeah, like you, it's it's one of those where you you either start spending money you don't have. Yeah, you start having stupid thoughts you start like just you start fucking around
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think a lot of people say whilst the world was upside down trying to do uh, like at home training and stuff and we did little bits with the kids in you know, to try and keep them active in the mornings yeah. get up do some exercise all that jazz but it didn't last long right. we all got fed up with it it's just you know there's only so many times you can stand in front of your TV and do a, do a workout you know and then get right. the kids to do their homeschooling and all that it was it was hard work. I'm glad to be back out at the yeah. gym, and you know you've got you've got to have something for you for yourself that isn't home based. Yeah. that isn't wife kids based. It's the escape, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, but it, it, it's it's, it's, it's ha- having your own identity still. That's yeah. what's important. And you say when you've got someone who's manipulating you away from your identity, yeah, it's, sort of, it's not helpful no but no, the only reason i asked about um whether or not you'd spoken to a professional which is just something that i've been toying with recently mm. um i so say like having these conversations i've found really helpful and that's it the, the conversation i've got coming up soon yeah. uh, which i'm looking forward to um, <laughs> that will also be super helpful
1: yeah
0: and that in theory in my mind is a lot of my therapies having opened up about a lot of my problems shared other people's problems and spoke to a lot of the people that have been a part of my problems has opened up like a different aspect of how i saw everything yeah um but that that was just curious you know if if you'd managed to speak to anyone um, and sort of how it went because i'm contemplating doing it not that i think i need it anymore but just to see if there's like a like a reason why i felt the way i did or the I the Way you twist your memories the way you do, yeah. Because I've found that a lot is that a lot of your memories aren't necessarily hundred percent clear or correct or yeah. that you know,
1: you're, that like Mandela effect of like memories, like you, yeah. You remember something in one way, and somebody might remember it a completely different way, and you never know which one's going to be right. No, because
0: and also there was something I can't remember where I heard it, but every time you remember a memory, mm. you only remember. Like mm. you remember how you sort of twisted it that time, yeah, and how you made it that time. So every time that memory kind of it distorts is itself. something else, yeah. So, you know, think like 30 years worth of memories that you could have twisted and warped and created different pathways out scenarios of scenarios, like, and like, yeah, it's all about how you perceive the situation rather than necessarily what, what actually, actually happened. happened. And then you've twisted those memories for years and years and years. Yeah. But say, I'm finding these conversations really, really helpful for me. Uh, and hopefully so. A lot of people I talk to do also. And people listening, I'm hoping that, you know, that they, they find something from it for each of these little, like, issues that we all kind of share. They're all, we've all got our little problems from something, somewhere.
1: This is sort of the reason why I wanted to come on and do it. Because, like, obviously I know you, we started the podcast, and I I toyed with the idea when you first brought it. I was like, I could go on and talk about stuff. I could tell people about how bad my life is, <laughs> or all the shit that I've gone through and stuff. But it's not a case of I want like I want people to feel sympathetic for me. I don't want them to feel like like oh, I know what you've been through. I can, can sympathise and all this. I don't want that. I want to more educate people on the fact that it does get to a point where you will realise that things can be better. Yeah. And it's, I've only just realized it. It's taken me six years to realize five, six years to realize that not everything is shit. Like you do have positives that's going on in your life. And just because something negative is happening to you right now, doesn't mean it's always going to last. The only thing that can last is you, like how you react to that situation and how you get past it. That's the only thing that's going to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that has been the higher, well, the reason for a lot of this is, you know, I had a really, really shit time, as have many of the people that I've spoken to. Mm. And most of the people have managed to find a way to cope or find a way to be happier, you know, a new goal, a new reason for, for being that can, you know, separate you from all of that. And, uh, you know, everybody's trauma is different and everyone's going to find their own way out in their own time. Yeah and you know mm. not everyone will be able to find the answers that easily and not just by you know speaking to people sometimes you you have to find it for you for yourself you need to and, find what
1: works for you
0: right yeah and i would say i've i'm finding that talking is great for me yeah um i had some emotional conversations um <laughs> as per like say i've got a conversation coming up soon with uh, my uh former school bully Which uh, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I look forward to listening to it. But even that, the conversation we had catching up with each other was emotional for I think both of us, and so it's only going to get worse
1: (laughs) when we we sit down face to face on the sofa. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) You know, and and it is say as it turns out, it is a two way street. Um, So that'd be interesting to to get into depths of that one, and hopefully uh, it's going to be
1: like I say, it's always good to see from other people's perspective. Um, yeah. Like I, I know that when I was at my lowest point, I was close, so close to just checking out. Yeah. And this was back when I was living on my own. Like, so I moved out for about six, seven months into a small fucking, they called it a studio flat. It was a room. Yeah. It was a room with a bog and that was what it was. And, uh, and I, I was sitting there, it's like, and it was just at that start of the lockdowns. And I was sitting at, sitting at home, I was sitting there, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, all these thoughts and everything which just packed up in my head, and I couldn't get rid of them. And I, I yeah, I, yeah. I know my mum's probably going to even listen to this or watch this, and my mum and dad are probably going to because they don't know about this but uh, same as a lot of people don't yeah um, I think there's only like two people that know um, but uh, one day I was I was sitting there I was just sitting there I had a belt that was sat um, like just on leaning over my armchair I just picked it up put it like tied it in some fashion around the light bulb with my room and made a noose out of it near enough and I was standing there I had it round there I was I had it round my neck I was standing on the chair I was thinking sit and then just as that was just as I was about to go there was a knock on the door I instantly take it off take it down fright down the side of my bed open the door, it's my mum yeah and she's like oh just coming to like see if you wanted to come to ours for dinner and I was like
0: yeah all right, yeah
1: and you literally you do you just go to default yeah alright I'll just like change change clothes and come with you and that never mentioned it before afterwards yeah I've never brought it up I've 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 mentioned it to maybe two people uh at most i think and um uh, that's the that's a big thing for me Is like that uh, i got to that point of i'm gonna check out mm. i'm i'm done with this and it was at that point that i realized like no i need to refocus i need to find something that's gonna get my energy back into that thing yeah because at the time there was no rugby there was no jits uh, video game could only do so much yeah. like there was, I just needed to find something that was there and so I threw myself into work picking up extra shifts as much as I could as much like because I was still working at Nuffield at the time and they were they'd um, they was this is like the tail end of it like it was right at the beginning where it was sort of oh are we going to lockdown are we not like this that area and I was like and I just threw myself into work and then when work got taken away I was like oh, what am I going to do now? And so I just wallowed. And luckily, I managed to, luckily in that period of then, I managed to move back home. Yeah. I think it's a good thing I did because otherwise, I don't think it, it, we'd probably be having this conversation. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that the series of events happened in that way. But I know that I'm mending myself now. Yeah. I know that I'm never going to get to that point again like in my head I never want to get back to that point again
0: yeah with um, like the quickly hiding everything do you think that's embarrassment
1: it's shame yeah pure unbridled shame and the fact that because in that moment I thought I didn't know who was behind that door no but I did at the same time I was like I know that's going to be my mum yeah I know it is so I threw it away and I was like and then I thought about it whilst I was just sitting there having dinner at home I was sitting there and I was just thinking they've already lost one son what would that do to my family if they'd lost me as well yeah and that that pure shame and like not even embarrassment just pure guilt that over overruled everything else like thinking I'm that I was going to do that to them was, yeah just it crushed me. Like I instantly lost my appetite when that thought came into my head. I was halfway through dinner, just eating, and then stopped. I was like, not hungry. Yeah. Like, and gave up. And uh, yeah, I decided to sleep at theirs that night. Um, and and uh, yeah, it was fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> fucking shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I, I imagine it was. I so remember being at that point. Being a lot, let's say, a lot younger though, um so like, I suppose the, the mental process of that, mine was a lot of like, so and so will miss me. I'll miss so and so. I wouldn't be able to miss anybody because I wouldn't know about it. But you know, it's, I, you yeah, know, I'll upset my granddad. I'll miss my granddad, and I'll, I'll upset so and so. You know, thankfully for me, I had those thoughts. You know, and. It's that that life can move on so drastically from that moment as you're finding you know now you're finding, you finding know, clarity in mind and not drinking anymore being having a supporting partner to you know to encourage you to lift you up you know all those things that can be so much better than your lowest lows you know, and, it's, and it's it is opening up and speaking about it finding someone who does give a shit because yeah. there, there always is and I think no
1: matter how much That's you think it. there isn't there always is there's always someone to care there really is like yeah. I I don't think I don't think I'll ever come across I felt lost like that was it that was what it was and luckily I've managed people managed to find me and I found myself through them helping me like and it wasn't big gestures like oh, I'm gonna buy you dinner I'm gonna do this yeah. it was the you're alright mate yeah and it was that was all it took for me to start opening up to people after that instant. I was like, okay, I'm not right," And they listened and they supported me. Um, obviously, like my, um, my best friend, his name's Martin, but I always call him Bambi. The only time I ever call him Martin is if I, I'm pissed off at him or if he's done something wrong. And uh, so he was called Bambi because he fucking fell over ice skating. Right, okay. Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Um, He's got two little girls now that I'm gonna be the godfather to now. And I'm thinking, now I have that to hang on to too, yeah. as well. Like, I'm gonna be there for them. I'm gonna, like like I said, I've never wanted kids. I still don't. But knowing that I have them there, knowing that I can't, I, I don't want to leave them. It's yeah. not a case if I can't, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to leave them. and then one day grow up and go what happened to uncle Tom and him having to sit there and explain that to his, to his two little girls. Yeah. It's it, that would kill me. Like, well, wouldn't kill, wouldn't kill me. Like well, again, bit, bit fast, <laughs> but yeah. The, but the thought of that kills yeah. me as it is. But yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you this would be a
0: good episode. Well, yeah, you know, it's like you, you've had a lot going on, man. It's 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 a lot to unbox as well in like in a short period of time. Um I've said before, you know, if you ever need to have a conversation, have a chat about anything, you know, I'm, I'm always I'm always all ears. I'm ready to ready to listen and take on take on some of that
1: and record it and record it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean,
0: it's, it's an added bonus we um, <laughs> get to share these things. But say so it's hopefully to highlight that you can find a way out and set yourself goals. Yeah. Um, find people who can support you and open up and talk to people. Um So I would say, I appreciate you coming here and talking to me. Yeah. Man. It's been, it's been good and insightful. Let's say, obviously known for a while that there's something you, you're not particularly happy about and there's things going on, but to, to not know. Yeah. Yeah. Not know you're on a personal level. Now, now I know a bit more and it feels, uh,
1: We're more connected. Uh, Mm -hmm. ah. (laughs) Blood brothers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So next next year we'll just, uh, I'll put you to sleep in (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu next time. Chris, that joke's a bit
1: tight. Okay, (sighs) This is for that podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, you have any advice and you'd like to give for somebody who's going through a
1: similar thing without like alcohol abuse or my advice would be to just know your worth. Know that people are gonna miss you if you go somewhere, if like know that you are worth more than what you think. Like your brain's gonna be unkind to you, but it can also be the greatest tool you've got. It can force you to do certain great and great things. And I'm discovering that every day. And I hope that people just reach out, talk to people, be kind to people, be kind and just spread the love. man. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool. Well, thank you very
0: much for coming down and I look forward to uh, rolling around with you some more Jiu Jitsu and uh, we'll do this again in the future. Nice Thank you very man. much, mate. Cheers. Oh, wow. We put, a, put a pause on that.